Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Our Brooklyn Vice. I'm Stephanie. I'm Leon. And this week we're going to talk about some uh, some new things going on. Mm-hmm. But first, let's talk about what games you've been playing this week, Leon. Um, what games I've been playing, if you want to call it a game. <laughs> um, I mean, I really would like to play something else, but I've been playing a lot of Transformers Legends on my uh, on my iPad. Yeah, how's that going? Um, I, well, you've played this game, so you know what it's like. Uh, it looks like a collectible card game. Um, some would call it a trading card game, but there's no trading, so we can't call it that. Um, but I don't know. There's some there's some addictive qualities to it that keeps me going and keeps me playing, and uh, I'm putting a lot of time into that. Unfortunately, do you see, do you like it for the artwork? The, art, the artwork's trans- cool. What's funny is that I don't even... Are you that large of a Transformers fan? I, I'm a moderate fan. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously I watched it when it was first on, and I really liked it, but I didn't stick to it the way some people have. Mm-hmm. I know for some people it's like a huge, huge, like, you know, favorite topic of theirs. Um, I'm familiar enough with it to hang in with it, but yeah, I wouldn't say I know everything about Transformers. Yeah. I think I think it's funny. Unlike some people in this room, <laughs> I know a decent amount. Yeah. You gotta understand, like Transformer fans are like crazy intense, right? Like, there's they know that they have actually. This is crazy. They have books on like Transformers lore, like the the history of, and like that goes into details of you know characters and their origin and stuff that mm. wasn't even covered in the cartoons or the comic books. Yeah, why not? Well, I mean, that's true for any any fictional it universe. It goes beyond the toy line. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I like the game, though. I mean, it's hardly a game. It's almost not a it's game. It's a card game. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not really a game, because it's more like a, a slot machine. It's a card slot machine. There's, yeah, right. There's, just, there's chances to get certain rare cards, and then you're kind of in competition with a lot of other players. That's really the meat of the game, yeah. is that you're, you're trying to win... Um, you know, they have weekly events and, mm-hmm. and they have at the moment, three different event types. Um, there's, there's like kind of a boss raid type event. There is a, a team battle event where you, you know, are grouped with other players to win against other teams. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, what they call like a campaign event or a dungeon crawl event where it's a little more, it's structured a little differently. You're still fighting bosses, but there's a different, uh, kind of scheme to it. Um, so, yeah, the current event is like a boss raid type, and I'm gunning for a uh, top 100 finish in Ooh. terms of score. <laughs> as someone who also plays it, not as nearly as much as you do, mm-hmm. but I can t- tell you that getting in the top 100 is, like, to me, it's not even possible, but you are doing it somehow, and yeah. I'm sure you will share your story <laughs> next time on our show. Right. <laughs> But, 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 what have you been playing this week? Okay, so, I haven't been playing a whole lot because I've been working on getting this podcast going. Mm. So, um, yeah, (laughs) I've been doing a lot of research. But, no, I I still find time for games. So, I downloaded uh, a couple of games for the Ouya. Mm -hmm. I picked up R-Type 1 and 2, Mm -hmm. which are... So the R-Type 1 and 2 remakes, they're not remakes, they're ports from the arcade. They're done from uh, .emu. Yeah, so they, I have they, some of their games. Yeah, their games, they do pretty decent ports. I, I would say 
Their most recent one, I think, is Double Dragon Trilogy. And it's good. It's not perfect, but I enjoy it. Uh, I, I played... I didn't play the R-Type 2. I downloaded it. I didn't play it. Mm. R-Type 1, I played a bit of it. And, and then I realized why I really... That game really bugs me. <laughs> because I can get up to, say, one of the bosses... And I'll have I'll be maxed out. I'll have the the options and the shield. Not they don't have shields, but the like the best weapon. And I'll get to the boss, and then I die. And then you start off right near the boss, but with no weapons, mm. and there's no way to get the weapon again. This is a pet peeve of yours. Yeah, that's very bothersome. Yeah, no, it's so, true. So I, I played a little bit, and then I got to the boss. I died, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to play this anymore. But I will go back to it. Mm. Yeah, it's a little unfair. A lot of games are like this, right? Because you sort of are, you're powered up in some way. Mm-hmm. You, um, you, despite being powered up, you'll lose a life or whatever, and you get to respawn. But now you're at a disadvantage because you've lost all your power-ups. And now you have to do the same thing that you were already bad at or already failed to do, even with all the advantages yeah, of being powered right. up. That's one way to look at it. And now you have to get past it without having that benefit so now you're kind of you're kind of like pushed further back right um and and somehow still supposed to overcome this but people do it yeah i am not one but (laughs) that's why you have to practice Mm. what else did i pick up uh nightmare uh what's it called nightmare never ending nightmares oh never ending nightmares this is also a new e-game i picked up a couple of e-games uh-huh so it's a like a hand-drawn horror game kind of side-scrolling. Right. I didn't really play it yet. I just picked it up. So that's on my list to, to actually sit down and play when I have more time. It is, I think it's, you know, kind of involved a little bit. It's mm-hmm. not just a quick action game. Looks like the kind of game you want to sing some time I think into. so, yeah. Maybe be in the right mood to play that. And uh, I also picked up a Asus 10-inch tablet, Android tablet. Oh, wow. And you're, you know, people are wondering, like, why would you waste your money on a 10-inch Android tablet? When, especially when I have an iPad. There's a lot of uses for There's a lot of uses. Tablets. Well, first of all, it was really cheap. For extra tablets. It was like super, it was mm-hmm. ridiculously cheap. There's a deal on it. It was a deal. And You already had a cheap tablet. I have that, what, that 7-inch? Yeah. That 7-inch tablet's awful. <laughs> all <laughs> right. terrible. All right, so there's, there's good tablets and bad tablets. That tablet was $20 and is probably not worth more than $20. Mm-hmm. Right. But the 10-inch tablet's not bad so far, but I really bought it just for a meme mm-hmm. because I have, uh, I went on a spending spree and bought, over the last couple of years, iCade cabinets. Yeah. And those are like mini uh, arcade cabinets. Yeah, it's like shrunken about down. Yeah, I have, I have a video on it on YouTube. So um, whenever I see them go for a good price, I buy them. So now I have a collection of these things, but I don't have tablets to put in them. Oh, so, so you want you want one tablet for, per one I cabinet. want an arcade full of iCades. Uh-huh. Because I, I live in New York and there's no way to get mm. full-size arcades. So a full-size cabinet is out. Uh, a mini cabaret-type cabinet is out. A cocktail table is even out. Uh, you have to shrink it all the way down to a tabletop-size cabinet. Unless one day I get somehow buy a house mm-hmm. and become an adult and get money and... <laughs> Maybe one day and this will happen, but probably not. Mm-hmm. So for now, I'm enjoying the brief moments I've played with. Okay, setting it up. Not bad. But um, I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of like the iCade setup. It's pretty cool. It yeah, gives you cool. the feeling of being in the little 
a little mini arcade. It's a work in progress for me, mm-hmm. my arcade. But but it is going to need some improvement. Uh, I'm giving myself a timeline of 2020. That's <laughs> when I want it to well, be finished. Even before that, I meant I meant that even even the one that you were using, it needs some some touching up, right? You don't you don't like yeah, the quality of the controls uh, too much. It needs some work. Yeah, yeah. That, we'll talk about that another time. All right, because I can I can talk about that for an hour. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. But uh, so that's kind of all that's going on. There's one thing that was kind of where I'd want to talk about today is uh, something going on on Facebook. Mm. And I know this is kind of like, I hate talking about these kind of things. I don't don't even usually respond to this stuff on Facebook. But there was a kind of like one of those messages that you share. And it was about naming your top 10 video games. Right. So a buddy of ours kind of like tagged us in these, or tagged me into doing a top 10 list. And then you were tagged too? Yeah. Uh, did I tag you? No, he tagged me also. Oh, okay, good. He tagged both of us. Oh, he did both of us. Okay. Yeah. I forget if I did it or... I don't know. The, the feeds go by so fast. I can't tell. <laughs> so we're both tagged. And so I figured, like... I usually I don't respond to these things, but Frankie's cool and top 10 gaming is cool. So I said, why not? So I put together a list mm. and I figured we'll talk about some of the games and, you know... Yeah figure out why we pick some of these games. So, uh, I don't know if you want to start. And Well, yeah, I mean, I, I usually don't have lists like this. Like, I don't typically think about, oh, what are my favorite games, you know? I mean, I just, there's obviously games I like and games I don't like. And I mean, it's almost, to me, even this picking 10 games is impossible. Right. I, it's hard. It's, it's like picking your 10 favorite songs. It's like... I don't know. I, I like a lot of songs. Mood and yeah, yeah, it's like what you might find fun today. Maybe right. next week you don't find as much, but you might come back to it. So, but I did have to put some thought into it, and yeah. I figured I figured there's ways to to look at the list and 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 uh, maybe pick out uh, games that were significant or meaningful to you in some way, mm-hmm. or maybe you know some of your favorite genres what what games really stood out or got you started in enjoying that type of game things like that that's yeah. kind of how uh how I, how I look to to think about it um so let's go through some of the list what do you say all right i guess i guess my first pick um would be um eye of the beholder on pc it's been on other stuff too uh, i guess there's different versions that have been interesting out um, but as far as like a Dungeons and Dragons type game, RPG, um, this one really stands out for me because I think it's one of the first ones that I've put a lot of time into, Yeah. into really finishing. Um, the thing that really made it stand out even more was the fact that, um, a friend of mine, when we when the game first came out, we actually played the game in a co-op fashion. Um, so, you know, it was the type of game where you had, you know, mouse and keyboard type controls. Um, and the way we played it was that, uh, one of us manned the keyboard, which allowed us to maneuver through the dungeon because it gave you kind of a dungeon, um, first person view. Um, so one of us manned the, the controls to move the party through the dungeon and the other one had the mouse where he can control, um, like the attacks of the party and the spells and so on. So we were able to sort of, uh, you know, do it in a much faster way than if you were just playing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. 
right? So, so one of us would move and the other one would attack and then we would move and then attack again, you know, and probably faster than one of us would do it by themselves. Um, so that was a cool experience. I really, uh, do you remember what year that was? Ah, man, I don't know. So I'm trying to remember. I I see. It's interesting you pick that because I'm not familiar with that genre of uh games, like Dungeons and Dragon ones. So I remember it coming out on Sega CD. I think it is. Okay. And I I, I know the cover because I remember the big eyeball, the beholder on the cover. Right. And I always thought he was kind of cool. Especially, did you ever see that movie? uh, What's it called? China, what is a big time in uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, isn't there a scene with the beholder like confronts well, him? There's a there's a scene with some kind of a floating eyeball like creature. Yes, yeah, that's not literally a beholder. Okay, um, I always associated that with the box cover, and every time I see that, I always think about that movie. They, they look similar. Um, yeah, so I think actually the the PC game came out around 1993. Oh no, I'm sorry, that was I Beholder three. Um, the first one came out in 1991. Oh, all right. So not that much. Oh, yeah. by Sierra, is it? Uh, it's uh, SSI, Strategic Simulations oh. Inc. Yeah. Hmm. They had the, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons license at the time. Um, so yeah, 91 on DOS and then, uh, Sega CD was 94 and Super Nintendo as well. Hmm. Um, but yeah, getting back to your reference like yeah, it looked it looked like a beholder type of thing, but a, a beholder in Dungeons and Dragons lore is a really like I mean it's a much more important creature than just some random monster floating around. I mean it's you know it's like a really heavy duty um, like magic wielding, really uh, really fearsome. It's I mean, not just like an eyeball that you can just poke. In. No, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty scary. They have like psychic assault and can like shatter your mind wow. if you're not protected from that kind of thing. Huh. Um, so yeah, it's, anyway, it was a really, <laughs> really important game for me in, in that time period. Um, first, like, real RPG that I really sunk a lot of time into. Um, I mean, I played some Ultimas and stuff before that, but, but this one, you know, because of the first person view and, um, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons rule set, which was, which I was kind of familiar with, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of added some extra weight to it. Cool. Yeah. So I kind of enjoyed that. Nice. Good uh, pick. I think. <laughs> I never played it, though. I'll take your word for it. Definitely worthwhile. Okay. All right, so from uh, so my 10, these are not going to go in any particular order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't so in any particular order. I'm gonna, I might save some of the best for last, mm-hmm. but it not necessarily might be my best game. But I'm going to start off with one game that's no surprise for anyone who knows me, and that is Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man is my number one. I do know that. You do know that. I think anyone who's uh-huh. any, even talked to me for, you know, less than a few minutes. So, people are wondering, why do you pick Pac-Man for when Ms. Pac-Man is the most popular of the Pac-Men? Mm-hmm. Or Pac-Women. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Mr. The Mr. Pac-Family. The Pac-Family. So, I don't know. I It's probably some of it's nostalgia growing up on arcades and... I just have fond memories of the little yellow pizza guy, you know, pizza-shaped character, and I used to doodle him on my notebooks growing up in the 80s. I enjoyed the sounds, the simplicity of the game, the repetition. I like the repetition of it. Um, What else? I would say growing up also... Because we didn't have Pac-Man on a home console until 2600 version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what I used to do was 
I liked it in the arcades. I would, my, I think it was my dad bought me a, like, kind of like a map, a Pac-Man, like, how to win a Pac-Man thing. Oh, really? So it I had, think I remember books like that. They, I think, yeah, I think they had a lot, because yeah. it was just, I mean, Pac-Man was just so huge back in the early 80s. So, in this book, it, it had maps for each level, and, like, a kind of, sort of like arrows that showed you where to go. I think I remember stuff like that. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. So, what I would do, I was I would bring it to the arcade with me. You were trying to replicate those? Yeah. I figured, yeah, well, I couldn't remember it, because, like, how do you remember, uh-huh. you know, so I only had, like... 25 cents in my pocket and whatever I can change I can find on the floor and I didn't have money <laughs> I was like six <laughs> years old so I would go to the arcade and um, I would put the book on the arcade cabinet and I'd put the quarter in and then I would have like these because I was the youngest person there and and the people who were behind me were like grown-ups and stuff and they'd all start like laughing at me like oh look at this dork wow. you know taking out these manuals like it's trying to pack your painting <laughs> um, the all thing for the love was, of the pack. All for, yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. And it did not improve my game. I was never that good at it mm-hmm. until my later years. So, would you say but, your your skills in the game are more uh, reflexive, or are you sticking to some kind of strategy? I still I cannot memorize the patterns. Yeah, I have my own personal pattern that I always do, but it's probably not the way it should be done because mm-hmm. I never get as far as like. Probably the second or third key mm-hmm. is usually about as far as I can get on a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. That's I don't know. I don't know if I have like a best score or anything like that. But I just like that character. I think he's. <laughs> I, I like the cartoon. The, I like the way it's drawn. It's, I'm just very appealing to me. It's yellow. It's fun. It's, it's, it's certainly iconic. He's smiling most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's one of the most recognizable. It could gaming, be. It could um, be. I, I, he's an icon of. I, I hesitate to even call it a character. I mean, it is, but it, like just the this, the symbology, the imagery of Pac Man is so. Um, it's very universal. simple. It's a universal, yeah. It's a smiley mm-hmm. face, basically. <laughs> but even the ghosts, the the maze, the dots. I mm-hmm. mean, just the, the whole structure of the game. It's very. Um, I don't know. It's very like a, uh, not primitive, but. Um, sort of uh, basic in the sense that yeah, everything you need is right on the screen and, you know, that's your entire world right mm-hmm. there. Yep. So, I don't know. I, I do like a lot of the Pac-Man games. Um, the original Pac-Man I felt was uh, kind of tough. I, I, I don't know. I never really got good at it. I think Miss Pac-Man I played more personally. Yeah. And um, and then I like I like Junior Pac-Man too. I like elements of that game. I, I like that one. It's just really hard. It is tough. Just to get past that first level is a, yeah. a challenge. Um, to some people, it's probably ridiculously easy. Right. So how do you feel about the Pac-Man games in general? I mean, that's probably... I a, like the series. A, probably a whole discussion. Some, yeah, I don't know if I want to get into it that deeply, yeah. but uh, I try to get almost every release. Mm-hmm. I've put so much money into the Pac-Man series that... <laughs> Between all the collectibles, and I'm just a big Pac-Man collector. Right. But, yeah, it definitely makes my top ten. <laughs> it's a good pick. Solid. Yeah. It's the easy, easy one. Mm-hmm. That's true. So what do you have as your next pick? Um, well, I guess since you've picked Pac-Man, I'll, I'll go with um, another, another arcade game 
that uh, is not related to Pac-Man, but is also by Namco hmm. um, in the same uh, same era of Pac-Man. Um, I really, really, really like Dig Dug. Ah, Dig Dug. <laughs> That's an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, you can almost think of it as a maze game, I guess. Sort of. Hmm. Kind of. It's underground. You're sort of digging tunnels. So... You do have like passageways that you that you create on your own, so it's not predefined like a maze. Um, but there's some elements that are similar. Um, you have these creatures that are chasing you that you could almost think of as ghosts. Um, well, actually, they are kind of because well, not I don't know if you know how it works, but there are points where the enemies will disappear. They pass tra- through. They pass through the dirt, yeah. and you just see like their eyes kind uh-huh. of right. So there are kind of elements. Yeah, but there's that's you can use that to your advantage. You can sort of you know that they can't do that through empty space that you've created. Mm-hmm. So you can you force them back into their bodies, so to speak, <laughs> when they do that. Um, but I like the character design of the game. I like the look of it. Um, there's just something really appealing about the play mechanic. You know, digging the tunnels, strategically placing them where you think they'll make a difference. Um, you've got boulders on them on the screen that you can drop onto enemies. You've got your pump that you can use to sort of attack them, and you're trying to let you inflate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Until they explode, right? You can only, yeah, right. And, but you can only do it to one at a time. So if they're, cha- if they're chasing you in a gang, you have to kind of decide how you're going to handle that. It's a decent amount of strategy. Yeah, lead them to a boulder, pump only one of them to leave them behind just for one shot, because you have to do it three times in a row. Mm-hmm. You're kind of vulnerable when you're doing that, because you're kind of locked into the... And you can't move diagonal. No diagonals. It's just four directions. Up, down, left, right. Has is that first game with music? Uh, I don't know. It plays music only when you move. And <laughs> yeah, I, I think the game is from like eighty one. Maybe I'm going to say sounds right. It might be one of the first games with a theme music. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look that. Uh, up. I don't know, like Burger Time when that came out. It's a couple of ones. Like Bagman was maybe eighty two or eighty three. Yeah. Well, music, but. I mean, you know, back then you had limited sound channels. I mean, uh, yeah. anything. To make a sound in the game needed some probably some hardware behind it to do it, so And the character from Dig Dug went on to do other games such as Dig Dug Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That didn't appeal the, to uh, me. Electric Boogaloo, right? Uh yeah, for some reason this none of the follow up games really hit me the same me way either. as the original. No. Don't really care for it. Mr. Driller, is that him also? Uh, technically not. No. I mean it's like loosely affiliated, but not exactly. Hmm. I don't know if they ever really fully defined it. Okay. Um, but There was a Dig Dug remix that mm-hmm. came out recently, which isn't too bad. I think it was on iPhone, maybe PC. Mm. I think I remember playing... It's okay. The only one I think I played was... GBA, m- maybe? Maybe PSP? As part okay. of one of the Namco Yeah, yeah I think it was on one of the... One mm-hmm. of the remixes or something like that. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look again. So, do you think that game holds up? I can play it. Anytime. You can still put it on and play yeah. and enjoy it. I can too. I, I like it. It's uh, I, it's not something I think, that I feel feels dated when I put it on. <laughs> well, I mean, certain games I want to like, but I'm not particularly good at them. <laughs> I think Dig Dug I can hold my own with. I, I've gotten pretty you're pretty far. good. I've seen you play it. I've, I have I have bursts of good games, and then and then it kind of settles into, you know, mediocre again. But but I think I think I've got it down. I mean, if I really played it more, I, I would get better at it. Even though it's, you know, a 30-year-old game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think there's still room for me to get better at it. So that's my pick. That's my uh, nice. arcade pick. <laughs> for cool. The- so, all right, my next pick, Tony Hawk, Pro Skater, Part 3. Interesting. Interesting, Interesting choice. I kind of almost want to say, that, like, really the Tony Hawk series in general mm-hmm. are, like, some of my favorite games. Now, but, are you a skater fan? Are you a skater? I am not a skater. I don't have anything to do with skating culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, in, I mean, I've watched, like, X Games and things like that. Yeah. So, it's kind of cool. I've had friends who were skating. I wanted to try it when I was younger. So, my first experience, I think, I think it was on a skateboard. I used to have... Back when I was little, they used to make... Um, it's not like the fancy skateboards we have now. They were just like these plastic, like narrow... like They almost look like little wedges. Um, do you remember those types? They were like kind of like the half the size of I think I've seen what the modern like skateboard looks like. Yeah, right. So I had one of those. And every time I would step on it, I would just go right backwards. Like that, <laughs> the skateboard goes forward, I go backwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I never had much luck with that. Um, I, but I did... I, I don't know. It, it always seemed kind of cool skating. It yeah. seemed like that's the that's what the cool kids did. Mm-hmm. So there were, and back in the eighties, I don't even remember. Was it really like a thing? Like I remember Vision Streetwear and like the game um, Skate or Die and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember like Tony Hawk. He was he came out like a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. That, so that's where it, like it mainstreamed a little bit. So what do you think it was? So if you're not a skater yourself, then what do you think is it is about the game that appealed to you? I, it's well as a game itself. I don't even think you need to be a skating fan because it has elements of solid gameplay, mm-hmm. um, replayability. Graphics were good for the time, and I think they still kind of hold up. Maybe, uh-huh. um, and the music. Okay. Music is a big driving force for really getting into the game for me. Creates an atmosphere. Yeah, and I'm not even a huge fan of the soundtracks that that they chose on the games, but um, it does just fit the theme of like the the feel of mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. So you think? Uh, so you're... and yeah. Oh, go on. And wanna, one wanna... of the major things, and I don't know if I'm trying to think of other games incorporated this but it's one of the first games i can remember that gave you like a checklist of things to do Mm -hmm. like achievements right and every board you had to like cross off an achievement on your list Uh and that's how you progressed on to other levels and it's super common now especially like in in ipad games and things like that where you know like a jetpack joyride you would play it and then you score 1000 points and now your next thing is you know score Mm -hmm. 5000 points and that's your (laughs) next checklist so Tony Hawk, for me, I remember like as the first game of doing that, you had to get like a six score of like fifty thousand points. Then your next six score was you know a hundred thousand. Uh, but was it all point based? It wasn't all points. right? Some of the achievements were some were uh, like some you had to get like certain tricks done, like do yeah. an ollie over the gap or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, some were finding secret items. Right. Depended on that. Each game, like later on, they got into. More of like an, not an RPG, but more of a storyline setting where you can get off your skateboard. And that mm-hmm. was a little weird, but it kind of grew on me after time. So, so, so Tony Hawk 3 is kind of the last of the just pure skating. Kind of sequel, direct sequel of the original. Yeah. Right. Just with better graphics. And uh-huh. I think it was on PS2 maybe. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. So there was a big element of exploration in this game, right? 
I well, sort of. I mean, yeah, because you couldn't you couldn't walk or anything. So right, just exploring well, just being on a able to reach certain places in on the. That's you know, that was made it kind of fun because you're always looking for new areas where you can like grind for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I know there were certain levels where if you found like a water fountain, you can just grind around the fountain if you're really good <laughs> and just go around like you know a hundred times and watch your score just multiply and you know correct insane amount it was fun mm-hmm. and it had that kind of element where you had to like dig into it and try to find where like the hidden spots were where you can earn the big points yeah yeah it's a good game it's kind of that's kind of what i would find appealing about it mm-hmm. even though i never really got into them and then and then when you fall you know you see your guy like little blood squirts out <laughs> and then you're playing like to the beat of the music so you have like bad religion playing or you know run dmc or whatever it was mm-hmm. some of it was like retro tunes some of it modern i i learned about some new artists mm-hmm. playing there so i would like you know find out who the artists were it's cool because hmm. you're talking about especially in the year when that came out it was just like cd technology was still pretty new especially for like music you really didn't have games with soundtracks other than, like, Wipeout, Excel, and, you know, the, it was kind of that era where it started, and Tony Hawk, I thought, really brought that to the spotlight of, you know, signing established bands put it in, as a soundtrack to a game. That's probably, yeah, I mean, probably a good uh, source of revenue for the company, too. I guess they, they sign these bands. I guess, I don't know how it works in those situations where, do they do they have to pay the bands to be able to use know. their music? I think so. Or is it the other way around, where the bands want to be part of the game, so they, uh, well, they, they kind of it's fight funny for a say that. on the soundtrack? I did have a friend in Activision, Yeah, and he did ask me, because I do, well, I, I used to write music on the side, mm-hmm. and he, he approached me when he, they were working on one of the Tony Hawk games, one of the later ones. And he said he needed some indie music because mm-hmm. they had like the established bands and they wanted some like unsigned bands too. Yeah. So he approached me like, hey, do you have any tunes? You know, I could just throw on this game. And I didn't, but <laughs> like I didn't want, I didn't uh-huh. think it was fitting, you know, the type of music I do for a Tony Hawk game. But um, I thought that was pretty cool. So I, I don't think he would have paid me anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a chance to promote. Yeah, it was more of like, yeah, to promote. Right. That's what he told me. But yeah, um, good stuff. So it's probably a mixture of both. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but for the various tricks in the game now, obviously these require some complex button combos. Are you, were, were those daunting in any way? Or are you kind of good at that? It was kind a of little stuff? tough because I'm not good at that. I'm mm-hmm. especially bad at like Mortal Kombat because I don't know. I can never remember the, the fatalities. Yeah. So with Tony Hawk, you do have to remember. It's you know left right left right while holding B, and that's how you do you know yeah. the. Uh, you know, the McMeister or whatever they call it, you know, they have all these wacky names. Uh-huh. So, but the cool thing about that game is you just had to pause it and then you can look at your special move list and it told you on the screen, like, how to do your aerial moves and everything. Not bad. So, yeah, that that's why I'm, that's him. I could pop that game in any time and play it. It's great. <laughs> it's a good pick. Yeah. Pretty solid. I'm sure some people would agree. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't, I don't know. Why would you disagree? <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that are wondering, when is Tony Hawk going to make the big, the big comeback? He did make a comeback recently, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> okay. So what's next? Oh, it's my turn. We're on number three now. Uh-huh. Game number three. Our, our, third, our third next pick. Yes. Um, I'm going to say that uh, definitely in my top ten uh-huh. would be... Um, 
the uh, game series of Katamari Damacy. Really? Yeah. Why would you pick that? <laughs> you seem as, astonished as, at this pick. As a top ten of all time, your favorite. Um, I'm I th- curious. Well, I, I guess it's an oddball game, mm-hmm. which I tend to like. <laughs> yeah? Um, it's got a heavy, heavy infusion of uh, Japanese sort of uh, vibe to it. I'm not mm. even going to say culture, because it's just, you know, most of the game is pretty cartoonish. And it's not even a reflection of the real world. But it definitely seems like a Japanese fantasy land. <laughs> um, a lot of it does come uh, from the music that they use, just similar to what you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as I know, I don't know, I, you know, they don't use any established songs in this. It's, it's all, you know, original soundtrack for the game. Um, a lot of it might have Japanese lyrics in it. Um, but I like the, uh, similar to what you picked, I like the exploration aspect of it too. You start off very small mm-hmm. and then you, a lot of times you're in like what looks like a house, uh, or just, you know, um, like somewhere outdoors or in a small town and you just roll around and you know, you're, you're picking up objects and there's a collection aspect to it where you're trying to, there is a section of the game where you could see what objects you've picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, and you know, if you if you look through that catalog, even there's like little stories and little snippets that go along with each of those objects. Really, and some of them are ridiculous. Yeah, this, I remember that. So there is like um, like an index of, of all huh. the different items that you pick up. Um, but yeah, I mean, started with the first game on PS2, and I've tried to pick up every version of the game that comes out, um, whether it's on PSP or. Uh, Xbox 360. I haven't played the one on PS3, but I think that was a remake. Uh, who is that by again? Is that another Namco? It's a Namco game, yeah. Oh, two Namco games on your list. <laughs> so far. All right. Uh-huh. Um, and I play, most recently played the one on uh, PS Vita. Um, is that a new version or a remake? of? Uh, it's a new game, but it's really, really short. Mm. There's not much to it. I mean, it's like 10 levels, I think. Hmm. Um but still enjoyable. I mean, I just like the aspect of the game where you can just sort of, you, you, you start off very tiny and then as you pick up stuff, you start growing and eventually you can pick up, you know, crazy things, houses and boats and, you know, continents, <laughs> even in, in the <laughs> first game. Yeah, crazy. it gets crazy. It's really... I should revisit that game. Really whimsical, really crazy. I think I might have skipped the first game. The first game is, is you know... Um, it just looked too ridiculous. I think I, I must have seen it. I saw like a video of it. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is my type of game. Well, I don't know if I would even. I guess it's a type of puzzle game, sort of. Most of them are time challenges. Yeah, it's more like a race. You right? know, you have you know four minutes to six minutes or ten minutes or whatever, and you have to try to pick up X amount of objects. I guess you're you're rolling a ball, uh-huh. and the ball size grows as you pick up objects. So the idea is to sort of pick up things that are going to make it grow properly because certain things are going to be too large for you to pick up. So you have to pick until up... Until it gets to be a certain size? Yeah, right. Yeah, until, okay. until it's big enough to pick up those objects. So you can't just go straight to the biggest thing. You have to get things that are within your scale. Hmm. And, uh, you know, otherwise you'll just bounce off of them if you can't pick them up. And, um, I, I don't know, it's just something fun and addictive about it. I, I wish it wasn't timed. I wish I could take the time to sort of look around. There's the no scene. free play mode. I, none, none of the games that I've ever played yeah, had anything that like either. that. It's always you know you, you got to get to a certain size by a certain time, and that's all you have to 
to look around with. Um, there's hidden objects. There's places where you can, you know, I feel like I, I might have explored a map before, but I, I always end up tripping over something that I haven't, you know, like some little corner of it that I haven't seen yet. Do they have like special, if, I don't know if I remember right, but as you roll the stuff around, there's like little special objects you can kind of attach onto like Elvis or something. And you'll run into weird things, weird things, right? Yeah. It's not, it'll, it'll, and you know, certain things will give you a bonus. Um, I know in one of the versions of the game, you can. It sort of gives you currency to spend within the game mm-hmm. to unlock certain things, either new characters or costume items or things like that. Silly things, but you know, it gives you it gives you like a secondary objective to try to chase while you're trying to complete the game in a certain amount of time. Um, so I don't know. It's it's just a game that you know, whenever a new one will come out, I'll definitely check it out. Really, it's just one of my my all time favorite series. Wow. Would you say if you are a hoarder, that would be the game for you? <laughs> Is that the game for hoarders? It, 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 it certainly seems to match the personality type, right? Because you're just, you're just piling as much stuff as you can in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't yeah. it taken into outer space or something? Isn't like, I remember the, 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 he goes into, well, there's like planets or something, and then there's well, a guy, like a moon face guy there's a with whole, a crown on him or something. Well, that's his, yeah, that's his father. His father is the <laughs> king of the cosmos. And, you know, um, he, you know, it's a crazy story. It's silly. It doesn't really, I mean, you, it's just there to create some, it's not trying to be serious, some backdrop. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just silly game. It's, you know, silly background information for the game, but his dad just like, you know, blew out all the stars in the sky. So you're rolling up objects to create new stars. That's the whole oh, okay. premise of it, you know, like collecting stuff. And then he judges what you pick up. And then he like says, all right, this is going to be the new star of this or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and based on the contents of your, of what you've picked up is it's, you know, becomes like a symbol of something else. So yeah, it's just a silly thing. It's like it seems like you're never good enough. He, he always has bad things to say. It's, so that's that's a, what I remember. So that's yeah. a that's a that's a bit of comedy in the game too. That's part of its charm. I haven't played that in a while. So that's another one I have to. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth checking out. I would recommend it. Hmm. Yep. So what's your next pick? Number three. <laughs> let's let's look at the the cheat sheet here. I'm gonna go with. Uh, maybe I'll go back in time again. We'll go to Double Dragon Arcade. Mm. The arcade, the original arcade, not the NES one. Not Battletoads, Double Dragon. <laughs> the original 1986, I think, or 87, whatever that was, mm-hmm. by American Technos. Now, why did I choose that for? Yeah, you you like a lot of beat-em-up type games. I, I do love the beat-em-ups, and I don't know why I like that one so much, because it's only five levels, mm-hmm. and you can... Almost, if you're really good, you can go through the first five levels with one quarter. Mm-hmm. If you know, because... Alright, so... The last level, the reason why you can't really go through the whole game one quarter, because the last level is just ridiculously cheap. You're on these narrow ledges, and there's these enemies that poke these, like, stabbing like uh, spears at you. Uh-huh. And you can't kill them. They're just, like, part of the wall or something. It's, it's kind of like a trap, booby traps. And it's so easy to die and so cheap when you get hit that it's impossible. <laughs> and then once you get to the end, you have to fight this guy with a machine gun and he kills you with practically one shot. So it's very hard to beat that game on one quarter. Uh, on top of that, if you're playing with two people, you can't beat the game. 
with two people. Did you know that? You can't beat the game. Like, if you both make it? You if can't? you both make it and you beat the final boss, uh-huh. the game does not end because you need to... The girl needs to choose, you know, one of the guys, either Billy or Jimmy. Uh-huh. So now Billy and Jimmy have to fight each other. And then whoever wins are those two. So you're fighting your, your buddy. Uh-huh. And then whoever wins, that's who is, you know, the girl gets the kiss. Interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting twist. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, so when you're done, then you have to fight it out. So I, I think that's in all the versions, unless hmm. I'm thinking of something else. But Wow. They don't know about that. So there's a little trick in that game. Well, there's a couple of reasons why I like it. First of all, I love the music. Mm-hmm. The, th- the opening theme song. It was done great on Nintendo also. So it's just great music. I like the, the way it's drawn. I like the I like the American that the company Technos yeah. they've gone they've done the original pro wrestling, but um, that was really like the, the programmer I guess who worked on that. Uh, they did River City Ransom. They did all the Double Dragon games. Mm-hmm. So all that's that art style I like a lot. And uh, a Bobo is in the game, <laughs> which I didn't, we never called him a Bobo back then, but once the NES uh-huh. version came out, they made a name. And you had, uh, so I used to play Renegade a lot, and Renegade predates Double Dragon, similar right. type of game. So when Double Dragon came out, it was kind of like, oh, this is like Renegade, only there's two players, and you can get better weapons, and it's just, or you can get weapons just in general. It was just a much better game. Mm-hmm. The one downside to the game, it's not really a downside, but you can kind of, and this is why you can kind of do it on one quarter, is there's uh, two special moves you can do by holding down, like, two buttons. You do the jump button and a, and a punch or kick. Yep. You do, like, a back elbow. Mm. And that back elbow move, you can kill, like, any character <laughs> just by keep doing that over and over again. So have you ever repetition. done that? Have you ever set a challenge That's kind of how you beat all the bosses. You just keep doing the back elbow, you move down, and then when mm. the boss gets up, you do the back elbow, and as he's getting wow. up, you hit him and he falls down. I knew a guy in college That's who... That's a cheat. That was his first attack. That was his opening move. Whenever he would get into a fight, he would the always... The back elbow. He would always use the back elbow. And it, and yeah, because if you do it, it knocks down, like, four guys. Like, well, you don't think you're going to fight four, that. but you, yeah. if there's three guys, like, next to you, they'll right. knock them all down. It's good it's to know. Like a, yeah, it's kind of crappy, but when you get to the last level, then you can't do that anymore. It doesn't work as well. <laughs> And then when you get to, like, the last Abobo, I think he he moves kind of fast. So it's a little bit trickier, but you can still do it. Hmm. So if you had if you had to choose a version, arcade or NES? Arcade. Always? Always arcade, uh-huh. yeah. The NES one's good, but the one thing I didn't like about the NES one is I know they had to make it long, longer. So, I mean, it's good that it's a longer game. But you don't start off with all the moves. You have to earn them with, like, this kind of point system or heart system or something. Mm-hmm. So, that was kind of a bummer, but my graphics aren't as good, but it's still a good game. Hmm. But the arcade's fun. I've had very limited exposure to the games. I've I've, I've, I've played them in passing. Yeah. I know we've played them a couple of times, too, but never really... That's... I think um, during that era, I wasn't, I wasn't playing a lot of arcade games, I guess. So, it kind of passed me by. There, yeah, they used to have it at... When I, so, I was in elementary school... And there was a candy store across especially from my school. And, and the reason why I played it a lot was after, during lunch break, like a lot of kids stayed at school to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. But I went to like a Catholic school, so we were allowed to go home for lunch. So I would walk home, I would eat lunch, and then I would leave like a little earlier from lunch, you know, I would eat kind of quick. 
And I would stop by the candy store before I went to, to back to class. Right. So, and that's kind of like what a bunch of my friends did in school. Like, we'd all go to the candy store. So, we went there, and I would buy candy. I'd fill my pockets with candy. And because, I mean, candy back then was like a nickel, you know. You <laughs> get bazooka gum for a penny. So, I would, you know, I would take some change, pick up some candy, and then play a game or two. And Double Dragon was one of the games they always seemed to have there. So, I'd play a quick round of Double Dragon, you know. Mm-hmm. Back then, I wasn't as good in games as I am now. <laughs> so, I didn't last it long, but... Uh-huh. And then sometimes, I, if I did have a good game, then I would show up late for class and get in trouble. And, you know, it was worth it, though. Yeah. I guess so, that, that's my memories of Double Dragon. I see. So, it was pretty significant. Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was part of fun. your daily school. I used, to, I used to also, another thing, I used to doodle the characters on my notebooks. I liked uh-huh. the artwork on it. <laughs> so, who would you choose? Billy? Billy or Jimmy? Yeah. I don't think you were able to choose. I, I think if you played a one-player game mm-hmm. you had to choose the, the red guy i, I was i like the red guy anyway okay. he's red another funny thing about that game is when you first start it your girlfriend is there and the, and the bad guy is like come out and they just punch her in the stomach <laughs> Man. it's really rough it's like for a game of that era like well, can you imagine a game now where like a guy just comes out and punches a girl the whole game is based on gang violence i guess i guess so so i always thought that was kind of cool though it's like wow that's very adult theme maybe maybe that was prevalent in japan who knows and and she's like tied up and hanging like on the last board <laughs> they don't play cool. around no i wouldn't mess with those guys he's got a big machine gun mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that's that's my next pick Mm. That's uh, something I'm going to have to check out more, mm. since it's so highly rated. I wouldn't say the series, though. I'm going to say just Double Dragon 1. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Yeah. How about you? You have a fourth pick? Um, gee. I do, actually. Um, I guess my next pick was also... Um, uh, it was it was an arcade game at times. Um, the Puzzle Bobble series, mm. also known as Bust a Move, <laughs> in in uh, why was in it, the U.S. Why, is that what it was? It had a Japanese title and then yeah. So this okay. was uh, you know in Japan it was called Puzzle Bobble. Uh huh. I've heard because that. it featured the the dragon characters from Bubble Bobble. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they're they're controlling the yeah Bub and Bob, right? Right. <laughs> they're they're on the in the bottom of the screen. Uh huh. Um, so I don't know why it got a name change in the U.S. I don't really know the backstory to that. For some reason, they changed it to Bust a Move. That's kind of a dumb name, I think. Which, um, I, thought... I don't know if that was a phrase at the time. I know there was a song. Yeah, right? <laughs> the Young MC song, Bust Young a Move. Young MC, I was trying to think of his name, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I don't know if they were just trying to be, like, a little more hip. Maybe. So they... But the first name made sense to me. So I always identified as Puzzle Bobble, just because I think I played the um uh, super famicom version first that was the first really? one that i had exposure like to like before the arcade version yeah i've oh, never wow. seen any of the arcade games um but yeah it started from i mean i i realized that afterwards i did find it on uh i think the first and second game were on neo geo actually yes um yeah. and then there were ports to other systems i know i played it on playstation um that that was my first exposure to it yeah mm-hmm uh, definitely put a lot of time into the Super Nintendo version, you know, Super Famicom version. Um, I think, I mean, I really, I, I, I 
puzzlers in general kind of appeal to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like Tetris as much as probably most people did. Um, but there was something about this particular game that I kind of liked um, that was a little different, I guess. Um, for one thing, I, I felt like I was a little better at it than, than I was at Tetris. Um, well, I mean, this one had an aiming element. So you had to be able to bank shots and aim it. So basically, it's it's one of, it's one of these... Uh, color matching games you could think of it yeah a match three kind of yeah so basically you're trying to match uh three bubbles of the same color together uh-huh um but there's a naming element to it you have to be able to you have like kind of a like a catapult at the bottom of the screen and you have to aim it and land it exactly where you want it to 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 be um now different colors come up though so they come up randomly and you have to sort of figure out, well, what do I do with a color that I don't have a match for? You have to try to figure out, like, where am I putting this this bubble that doesn't necessarily match anything that I've got available to me? Um, you know, so the bubbles do descend to the towards the bottom of the screen. You have to sort of try to manage your inventory a little bit. Um, sometimes you see what your next color is, and you decide, I'm going to purposely put this other bubble first in, in a place mm. where I'm going to be able to create combos because you do get bonus points for dropping, you know, X, X number of bubbles per per match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, that appealed to me. I thought I was good with the aim, and I figured, hey, let me, uh, let me play this game some more, and I got progressively better at it. Um, there's a lot of different modes. There's, like, kind of a one-player mode. There's kind of an infinite, infinite play type of mode where it's just constantly descending new colors. Um, there's versus modes where you can, where you're kind of battling, you're puzzle battling against like either a computer opponent or human opponent or whatever. Mm Um, I don't know. just, you know, I I don't know, uh, the big differences between each successive version, but I keep playing them as they come out. Uh, it's been on Saturn. It's been on PS2. It's been, I even had a version for, uh, the Neo Geo Pocket. Wow. (laughs) I, I'm saying wow because you had a Neo Geo Pocket. <laughs> hey, some people had it. Some people have to own it. Some some person had it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the first games that I had for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. And Wait, there were two versions of the... Well, there was initially... A black was, and white? And there was a, a black and white version, oh, so... Right. Obviously, color matching games don't work so great on did a they, black and white system. Did it work, use the same cartridges, or you had to buy, like, a whole new... Um, they were backwards, backwards compatible. compatible. Okay. The black and white games worked on the color version. Yeah, and actually, I knew some people who had it. I, I didn't... Yeah. I never played it, though. Um, unfortunately, the blue and the green colors were really, really similar on, on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. So really? It made it kind of tough. You had to kind of really try to pick it out because of poor screens they used or just for the technology i think just the colors they chose were too similar it wasn't it wasn't different enough Hmm. to really know for sure so that that gave it an extra element of uncertainty Mm -hmm. um but that's that's one of my top most picks cool for sure yeah, I can say that I've played a whole lot of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated the artwork on the like the PlayStation version. But that's the game. It's another game with the eyeball, like the I think it's the like uh, toothpicks keeping the eye open. Isn't that? <laughs> oh, you mean the cover? The cover art. Yeah, yeah. It's like really stupid. Yeah, it was really questionable artwork to promote it in the U.S. I would have rather I understand have why. the Japanese artwork or just even right. Bob and Bob on there, like acting cute and. Yeah, they chose not to play up. I don't know why they did that. Uh, I mean, Bubble Bobble, I thought, was a popular game. So, I don't know why they chose to kind of toss aside that connection. But, 
you know, it's the mysteries of uh, U.S. marketing and trying to market a Japanese game in the States. Popular game. I still see people playing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my next choice I would go with, and I had a hard time choosing this this one, and it almost didn't make the list, but I think that it had a pretty profound effect on my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say... This is dramatic. This is a dramatic this is, this is dramatic. This is, I should have saved this one for last, but <laughs> I'm going to say The Legend of Zelda. Wow. I know. Right? <laughs> Who would ever pick that as a top 10 game? Well, I think you're going to find several million fans yeah. <laughs> that are right there with you. <laughs> yeah, right, you think? Uh-huh. Now, I'm hesitant to say the Zelda series because, mm-hmm. number one, I haven't played every single game in the series. Right. I'm like 80% of the, the games. Oh, even that much? I'm surprised that. I've played, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I've actually played through them, not just yeah. I didn't put the game on for an hour and, and shut it off. But um, I think that the first Zelda was kind of, for me, sort of a turning point of what type of genre. Like, that. Like I played adventure games before that, but never mm-hmm. to the extent of detail of adventure that Zelda. Like, to me, that had the perfect combination of, like, mystery and, like, interesting graphics and... Like, level design was brilliant for the time. Mm-hmm. There was nothing else that compared to it. But the only thing I think of before that was maybe... I mean, there was, like, Ultima and those type of games, but... But those weren't really action RPGs the way they didn't was. have the puzzle solving. Yeah, it was a little, that was more, like, strategy. Like, mm-hmm. it was a little different. Um, Adventure on Atari. It, that's, like, a really crude I version. I could see some parallels, yeah. That's somewhat of the puzzle. I mean, you're talking about, like, really basic. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, Zelda, I remember... I didn't even own the game, first of all. <laughs> That's the... My friend had it. So, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't have money for every single game. So, mm-hmm. uh, what, what we would do when I was little is my friend... We would try not to have... Because we, we lived next to each other. And we both played Nintendo. So, we would try to not buy the same game. So, we, would, we wouldn't have doubles. It's a good strategy. Yeah. So, he... I always try to pick it's the oddball games. I think we were like 12 at the time, right. maybe 10. I was probably 10. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we would make an agreement like, okay, which one are you going to get this? And I'm not going to get that one. I'll get this one. So he always kind of picked the more like popular titles. And I was okay with that because I liked all the weird ones. I liked the ones that said over 10 million sold in Japan. I was like, why, why, is, why did they sell that many in Japan? I got to have this game. And then finding <laughs> out it's like, not the type of game I want to play, but but anyway, so Zelda, we took the game home, started playing it, and he mostly played most of it because I, I didn't own it, so I used to just go over there and watch him play it, and it was just crazy. Like the ma- there was a map. I was like, wow, this is a, a map that is just hand drawn, and every there was just so many. Like it didn't tell you anything. It just said, here, take the sword and. Do what you have to do. You know, it didn't really mm-hmm. go into detail on what you had to do. There was no one to talk to, really. So it was a lot of, like, just figuring stuff out on your own and then calling, like, the Nintendo line because, like, how do you get to the eighth dungeon? Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> was there a charge for using that line? No, it wasn't. Really? At the time, no, but when Zelda came out, that 800 number was insanely busy all the time. Oh, they actually got a busy signal for that? Oh, my God. It was busy all the time. 
And so what happened was... Did you get to talk to a live operator? You did, yeah. Wow. You talked to a live operator. I was on... I used to... Well, <laughs> this is kind of funny because uh, I... Before even Zelda came out, I used to... Because it was an 800 number. Mm-hmm. So I used to buy the games and I would be like, oh, it's an 800 number and it says call like for, you know, customer assistance or something. So I used to just call them, the number, <laughs> and to ask them like what new games are coming out, uh-huh. like... I used to, like, I would call Tecmo and, and any any company. It didn't matter. As if long they as they published it, a number. Yeah, if it was a free call, I was you, like, sure, I called up. That was an invitation I'd to like, call. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, I got Marty Bombjack. Um, do you have any hints or anything? And I, I mean, you talking about how old was I, like, eight or nine years old? It's like, yeah, you know, what's coming out? Do you have new games? And I would just do that. I, like, all, all day, I would come from school and just call these 800 numbers. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, some of these people started to know me, and they would send me... Um, like posters and you know like notes that they drew like in the office and stuff like of maps and things um, it was kind of funny like newsletter they subscribed me to newsletters so the Nintendo one though I used to have like a kind of rapport with some of those people and they kind of knew me And the, but once Zelda came out then it was like impossible to, it was really hard to talk <laughs> to people they'd put you on hold for like a half hour and an hour hmm. they're probably pushing people now and, and, and the calls like... were kind of quick you know they would <laughs> try to answer your uh-huh. question and then you know that was done did any of them recommend well you'll find the answer in this month's nintendo power if you no, just go by that that was a nintendo fun club at the time oh there it was still no, that early yeah there was no nintendo mm. power so they would say so i remember saying and the guy you would ask us i would be like all right so how do you get this so-and-so weapon and you would hear the guy say okay let me get my he would have like a, a big binder and you hear him flipping through the binder okay legend of zelda hold on and you hear him flipping through it do 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 Okay, uh, level eight. Oh, yeah, use the candle and burn this tree. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, well, yeah, where is that, though? And they were like, oh, it's in, you know, it's in this quadrant. Just go here and do that. Oh, cool. All right, thanks. And that was so cool at the time. It was, it was awesome. But as that game became more popular, that you weren't able to have that one-on-one type of discussion with the guys. Because then sometimes you would talk about other things, like, so, um, you know, is, do you know if they're making a Metroid 2 or anything like that? <laughs> And, you know, those guys just... Those were the days. They were, yeah, there were no, like, non-disclosure things. There and, was a day when there was only one Metroid game. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. It was a good time. So so Zelda was kind of... It covered so many parts of gaming in my life. And it was... Ever, ever since that game came out, I always was like, when's the next Zelda coming? I want to play this game again. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And it was just a fantastic game. And it, it spawned so many other games that are like it similar to it um i mean yeah i can't say enough good things about it but it's a great game it's still on my to-do list (laughs) (laughs) well the good news is 30 years have gone by Uh and 30 still well maybe 25 25 maybe i don't know something like that almost 30 we're not there yet and it's still available for you to play in many formats you have to play yeah so i've been wondering which which is the game i should start with some people would say that's not the best one, so mm-hmm. I would probably ask around and get advice from other people. <laughs> well, I know, Some people yeah. say Link to the Past is the better right. one on Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. or Ocarina, or Ocarina of Time, whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think those those are, if those are better games, then those are probably games I want to build up to once I've gotten the foundation in place. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather do that rather than start at the top and work my way through the worst ones you know work you know work down i'd rather work up 
Mm. Whatever works for you. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't a big Nintendo gamer. Yeah, you didn't play Nintendo, so, so that you skipped over like that little generation. Yeah, of, I wasn't. I wasn't. And maybe as a PC gamer, Zelda maybe is not that big of a advancement, or you know, that's not a game changer for you. You know. Well, the landscape's changed a lot. For I me, mean, I went from... RPGs take a lot of different forms, so... I didn't play, because I, you know, I, I had an 800 Atari computer. Mm-hmm. I didn't play a whole lot of... Other than Ultima, I didn't yeah. have a lot of... I had some text-based games, but I, I don't know. I'm sure during that time, I would have thought it was maybe too simple. 1986, but, I think it was. But I think now, I obviously have a different perspective on gaming history and where things... You know, what posi- what place things hold in insignificant so yeah mm-hmm. i think it's probably worth my time to check it out cool yeah um let's see i think i've got another game on my list number five uh, is it number five number six do we talk about our five games already this is uh our fifth game from for me it's my fifth choice oh you fifth okay yeah okay um, and that would probably be Doom for the PC. Mm, the original... The original Doom. The original Doom. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I think this game, probably because it came out just about the right time. I mean, obviously, Wolfenstein 3D came out before that. And that was a big game for a lot of people, but it looked kind of simple to me for the most part. Square Rooms... You know, pretty generic-looking enemies. You know, enemy soldiers and stuff. I, you know, I'm sure it was good. I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I put that much time into Wolf 3D. Um, but for some reason, once Doom came along, that was a that was a total game changer for me. Um, you know, like from the environment. You know, being able to just have more complex rooms that had height to them, even though. The game was simple compared to current first-person shooters because you really only had left and right aiming. You didn't have up and down aiming. Not yet, right? Wasn't it Quake until that started, right? right? It wasn't until or well, or at least from from id. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was their their the next game that kind of did that. Um, but just the you know being able to have rooms of any shape and different heights. I mean, obviously you could walk up and down, but the aiming was was um, flat. Um, you know the whole like. Sci-fi mixed with horror setting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's a classic sci-fi story where, you know, something, you know, we're on Mars and some experiments go wrong and a portal to hell is opened up. And now <laughs> all of these demons, not just not just alien monsters, but demons from hell are like descending on you. And uh, you're the only thing that can stop them. Um, so that's like a dramatic setting for a game like that. It kind of just turned me on to the whole first-person shooter um, genre really? as a whole. I mean, I think that was really the the hallmark game that really kicked it off for me. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, just you know, um, the music was kind of interesting at the time. <laughs> it was uh, you know when PCs were starting to get a l- like kind of good sound cards mm-hmm. too. So. It was just, you know, a convergence of a lot of different things. That was around, like, 91 or so, right? Uh, 93, maybe? It was mid-90s. Really? Was that 96, I'm going to say. Get out of here. Yeah. No. Serious. Should I look it up? I I say we look that up. Uh, (laughs) Maybe you're right. I don't know. (laughs) I remember it, like, being really early on in the 90s. Um, 
I remember I had like a 386. Oh, okay. So it was 93. It was 93? Yeah. So that's close. I think 90, 96 might have been the next Doom. Mm-hmm. Did they ever have the next Doom? Well, there was Doom 2. They were, they were, they didn't call it the next Doom. The next Doom. No. I don't think so. The Doom Generation. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, I vaguely that remember that title. nothing to do with the game Doom. Wow. But it was still a good movie. Yeah, that would be really strange if it did. There was a there was a Doom movie. Uh, yes. But, <laughs> but uh, if you're going to see a Doom movie, see the Doom Generation, even yeah. though it has nothing to do with the game. Yeah, so Wolf 3D was 92, so it was only the year before. Oh, okay. Not that not, not much uh, time, really. But. Yeah, I mean, I started off on Wolfenstein as my first first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was cool, just mainly because of the Nazi thing. I thought that was, like, kind of neat. Cause they, they spoke well, they're the German. ultimate villains. Yeah, I was like, oh man, look at this! I'm going to kill these Nazi guys. That's the one kind of enemy that you're allowed to yeah. <laughs> feel. You know, you don't have to feel any remorse for putting mm-hmm. them out of out of their misery. And then my friend got Doom, and I, I played it because my computer couldn't really run it very well. Mm-hmm. So I used to play it over his house, and I was like, oh, this is crazy! It's like sort of scary and. You know, a little a little gory. And the coolest thing was the shotgun. That's that's one of my fondest memories of Doom. Yeah, the variety of weapons that you had. It was uh, definitely, I'm sure, you know, like everyone's got their favorite. Mm-hmm. But, you know, missile launchers and... Oh, that's right. You know. <laughs> there are, you know, chain gun, whatever. Whatever works for you, you best. You collect, collect the keys, right? The mm-hmm. different color keys. Yeah, pretty much. You had to, like, cl- you know, it was all very uh, level-based design. Mm-hmm. Find a key to... Unlock the door to go to the next level. Was Hitler in that game too? In Doom? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> okay. Just kind of just checking. Um, I, but so, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing was that it was also um, there was a lot of user created content for the game too. So that was mm. a kind of a big thing going on. Be able to go on BBSs and uh, download like all the mods for it. You know, new new levels, user created mods, all kinds of insanity. I mean, it was very open with. You know, giving the community tools to make their own uh, content for the game. So that was also kind of a big deal about it, and it kept it kept the game running for a long time. Even after you you beat the full normal game that the company made, you can keep playing it by downloading all these new levels and just uh, you know see what people could come up with on that. So you did a lot of those downloads. Yeah, like downloading of yeah, levels. Tons. Yeah. That was, uh, in any particular, if you, like someone wanted to check out anything that would still be around today, or would you recommend a particular mod that you liked, uh, a map or something? I don't think anything stands out for me. Yeah. It's it's been uh, probably too long, and just too many came out. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot of collections that are still out there if people are interested in that. Yeah, there probably is, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, like I only played the home version, so. They didn't really have that type of, back then, mm-hmm. uh, way of downloading that stuff. The console version. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I remember reading about it online a lot. And I remember the sh- watching picture, like JPEGs of um, the Street Fighter mods and stuff they used to do. With, like mm-hmm. Ken and Ryu as enemies. and th- They had a lot of silly... I was like, oh, this looks really cool. I want to try this. But my computer never ran Doom very well, so... But I, I played Final Doom on that was that was my game for a while. It was, That's a good it was one. Was fun. Yeah, I definitely. I liked um, it. The music was great and good stuff. It's uh, it just so atmospheric. I like the I like mm-hmm. the whole like uh, you know you versus a, a 
swarm of uh, demons. Was beholders in there? Were, were beholders there? <laughs> no, they had a beholder-looking kind of a thing. It yeah. always looked like a giant floating red tomato to me. Yeah, that's what I, mean, I, I remember, sort of. Uh-huh. But yeah, those are the the, the caco demons. They had, they really, had, their names? That's what they call well, every creature in that oh, game wow. had a name, yeah. Yeah, there was some insane stuff in does there. That, does the, the main character in Doom have a name? Uh, he's just, I think, just, the, the, you know, he's like the space marine. I don't know. Okay. I don't really know if he's got a name. Yeah, I don't know. I I have part three, but I don't remember if they. I didn't ever. Play, I didn't play it enough to know. If... Yeah, well, his face was on the 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 screen where yeah where your stats are, and you know basically you saw his expression change. The more damage you took, he looked more beat a little, up. Yeah, a little bloodier and stuff. That's cool. <laughs> but then as you pick up health packs, he'll return back to health. Another big thing. I don't know if you just mentioned this. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but. <laughs> You can. That was like one of the first games I remember where all my friends played online, mm-hmm. and they used to tell me, "Hey, you know, like, let's play Doom tonight." You know, I'm gonna call your modem and well, yeah, there was a well, handshake and stuff and duels, and I was like, I don't know if my computer can handle it, and I would, and it couldn't handle it. it just, it would, I'd get like one frame a second when I would play. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. That seemed to be like kind of the in thing to do. There was definitely a lot of uh, network play, either either local network or you know uh, over dial up. Yeah, um, I never got into that that much, just because I was still on I was still on modems back then, and I didn't really uh, I didn't really get into that aspect of it. Um, some you know I, I think at work we probably had some attempts at network play, but I don't know there just wasn't there wasn't that much. We'd rather just you know. Uh, go play somewhere else we didn't really want to stay at work longer than we had to <laughs> yeah but uh yeah yeah i know what people were doing it though hmm. so what's your next pick do i have to only if you want to i do <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to choose rock band three rock band three yeah wow can you believe it i believe it Really? I do believe it. So why do I choose Rock Band 3? Because, mm-hmm. partly because I'm a musician, or I pretend to be a musician. <laughs> that's the but, that's exactly what you do in the game. You pretend to be a musician. It's, it's a perfect match. I play video <laughs> games and I pretend to be a musician. Right. The two worlds collided into a game. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, the gadgets that you get, like the fake instruments that you can buy. So it was yeah. kind of like three of my favorite things covered in one. Like owning gear playing games and pretending I can play music. So, mm-hmm. so aside from that, uh, I just enjoyed... I, for, I first started off on Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. And Guitar Hero was probably my favorite game at the time when that came out. I actually started on Guitar Hero 2. And I was just hooked on that game. Totally hooked. And I bought a Xbox 360 just for Guitar Hero 2. That was one of the main so that reasons. That was the catalyst for you to buy an it Xbox. Kind of was, yeah. And and I owned the PlayStation 2 version of Guitar right. Hero, but I was like, wow, there, this is coming out on Xbox 360 and I think it had some extra songs. And I said to myself, and the guitar looked cooler too. <laughs> so I was like, I have to buy this thing. I'm going to buy what I want to play this. Mm-hmm. Well, plus you had the online store where you could buy new songs. Yes. That was Xbox another version. yeah, that was another thing too. You know, the PS2 I guess well, was no. limited. Um Guitar Hero 2, I don't remember having that. I don't think you could on Guitar Hero. They just had, like, expansion discs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, fast forward Rock Band 1, 2, 
and then three. And three to me was the ultimate because number one, they just perfected the drums, the way the drums worked. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I shifted from Guitar Hero to Rock Band. Sure, I am. I the drums just played better. They were fun. Yep. The guitar was more or less the same um, as far as playing wise. Um, it had the you know the vocals. It was just a complete package, and it was done by the Harmonics guys who right. created Guitar Hero Two. Yeah, and they sold the franchise off, and then they made their own game, which was the Rock Band series. Mm-hmm. So it had their style, it had their expertise. You know, that's what they do is music games, and it it was just like the ultimate party game. Even though I don't party and I don't have friends like who play <laughs> games. But it was in a similar boat. Crazy fun. I I have played that for hours and I could mm-hmm. still put that in today. I know it's played out and people don't really acknowledge that game very often, but um you know, as being like a cool game to play. But I like it and it's mm-hmm. my top ten and if anyone ever wants to play it, give me a call and <laughs> we'll set it up and have a party. Uh, like, uh, oh, I, I, not an internet-based uh, <laughs> rock band know. session. You know what? I don't know if I, I ever checked that. It, probably right? too much latency. You think so? If, for know. music? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I have to I'm check guessing. that. I never actually looked into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a fun game. I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, it might like you said, it might be played out or whatever, but a fun game's a fun game, and mm-hmm. especially... Um, Something that people can, you know, like multiple players can play in the same space. Um, the other cool thing about Rock Band Three is they added they added the keyboard element. That was the other new instrument that they added for three. Right. Yeah. And um, that was that was uh, good because I liked I liked the drums the best. I think just because I feel like it's um, like the rhythm part is something that I um, probably latch onto better than than the guitar mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really got that good at using the guitar controller. No? I don't know. My fingers on the fretboard, they just don't... Not nimble enough? They don't bend into that shape very easily. It does help to have long fingers, <laughs> I'll have to say. I have wiry long fingers, so I can kind of grasp all five yeah. things pretty easily. And I, I can I just notice from other people who struggle with it, have kind of shorter fingers. I don't know. I, I just... I, I don't know if it's just the dexterity. I, I'm used to... Playing keyboards, keyboards, so I like that that uh, that direction a the little better. The keyboard was was cool. And the only problem I had with the keyboard addition, because I'm a keyboardist also on the side, so to me that was like the perfect add-on yeah. instrument. But a lot of the songs were not because they released the keyboard. So what happened was Rock Band Three is almost like Rock Band Two Point Five. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same game, but they added the extra the keyboard instrument. Uh, I think a song creator mode, and um, so you were able to import your songs from part two. Right. The problem with importing the songs from part two is like you had this big library of songs, but they didn't work with the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my favorite songs had keyboard instruments in it, but were not made to work with the keyboard, which was really disappointing. And a lot of the games that came out that worked with the keyboard were not, a lot of the songs that came out were not really um, the type of music that I was looking to play on a keyboard. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed by that, and I felt like even the implementation of the keyboard in the game was not, um, it didn't feel like I was actually playing like I would a real keyboard. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. makes sense, but 
I don't know. It's still cool, but I definitely, of the instruments, it would definitely have been guitar first, then drums, then keyboard, and then singing, probably. Mm-hmm. Right. Singing's fun when I'm drunk. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it when I'm not. Yeah. I never took the singing part that much. I think for guitar, I think I'd lean, I'd lean, more, I'd lean more towards the bass side, because I feel like it's a simpler part that I can keep up with better. You need a bass. I'm not Unless a... you're the doors, then... You don't need a bass. <laughs> you wow. have a keyboardist. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think I could get. Pa- I don't. I don't think I've ever gotten anywhere on expert mode either. How are you on expert mode? I can do expert mode. Yes. Yeah. The drums. It depends on the song because some are hard. Like Metallica. I don't know if I could do expert in that, but mm-hmm. guitar, I can do pretty much any song. Yep. Wow, impressive. Uh, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> It's more like it's not a talent that anybody's looking for, but it's fun. It's fun to adds a level of challenge. Yeah, I, I might be rusty in my pretend music, musician skills. Uh-huh. Right. So we're, I guess, at about the halfway mark. I think so. Yeah, that that was our top five. Um, do you want do you want to continue, or should we save it for another episode? Whatever. Uh, I think we'll save it for another time. I think we've talked enough about. It five of our favorites mm-hmm. in our top so 10. So we'll come back and pick we'll up the other five. We'll this. Uh, what I'd like to do is put it out to the public and say, like, what are your top five games? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's one thing to name your top five games, but what makes them special to you? Like, right. why are they in your top five or top ten? Mm-hmm. You know? So um, feel free to send us feedback yeah. on this. Um, you can email us at feedback at gmail.com and uh, we will answer any messages or notes and also respond um, to any requests that people have. Anything you want to add? Um, that sounds pretty good to me. I mean, yeah. we'll, uh, we've got five more to round out. There are our top ten. Yeah, definitely. And so, but you know, it'd be good to hear what other people think. I'm curious. And, you know, like you said, uh, you know, it's more about the stories that you have associated with those games than yeah. than just, here are my top five, you know, because like, anybody could name a bunch of well, games. Well, that was the thing, like, on Facebook, we're just listing, it's just a listing, all right, here are my top ten, that's it. Mm-hmm. But to hear the story about them is, I find, more interesting. Like, yeah, you want to you get into why people like these games and what, uh, what impressions they've left on sure. you. Sure, yeah. All right. Cool. So thanks for listening to another episode, and please leave us feedback. It's Again, it's obbfeedback at gmail.com, and we'll see you all again soon. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.